On this podcast, we emphasize mental and physical health, how to train, what to eat, the best ways to take care of your body while you strive for climbing performance. But what about your mental health? From the emotional toll of a hard project to the ways we compare ourselves to others to how our mental health can impact our training efforts, there's a lot to unpack here. And fortunately, in this week's episode, we're bringing in a professional to help us out. I am so excited to have licensed therapist Kelsey Keitel on the show. She's an adventurer, a backpacker, a climber, a triathlete, and she is well-versed in the mental health struggles faced by outdoor athletes. We are about to go deep and with a generous helping of laughs along the way. So sit back and take a deep breath. You're listening to the Average Climber Podcast. Wait, it did it. Kelsey, hello. Hello, hello, my friend. I hear you have two fun facts for us. Do you want to give us options? Yeah, yeah. Give us so, give us options. I wanna I wanna choose. Give us options. So one yes, one's just something for me to tell you, and then the other one is something for me to demonstrate for you. Oh, demo. A hundred percent. Demo. Okay, let's start with demo. Okay. Let's okay. go. And it's like, it's an audible thing. So this is great. <laughs> I'm like audio medium. So I'll explain what's going on, but do it. And then we'll elaborate. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I can say my ABCs backwards really fast. <gasps> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. And go. okay. I'm going to close my eyes so that you guys can like vouch for me that I like actually doing it. So, I'll okay. Look. I love this. So, wow. Her eyes are closed. Confirmed. <laughs> Z-Y-X-W-V-U-T-S-R-Q-P-O-N-M-L-K-J-I-H-G-F-E-D-C-B-A. Oh, my God. See, I she still did it. have to say the alphabet when I'm trying to, like, look at my, where my place is in line. Yeah, alphabetize anything. I'm like, L-M-N-O-P, how do you, how do, you do the alphabet without L-M-N-O? <laughs> yeah, where'd you... Yeah, element. Yeah, I do that with our spice drawer that Mike has alphabetized. But the problem is that he used like, I don't know, we need a label maker because all of the labels have faded. So I'm like squinting Ah. and I'm like, so I have to go with the alpha. It's terrible. And I'm like, Mike, you can't read this. He's like, yeah, you can. And I'm like, no, you cannot. (laughs) This is faded. We need a label maker. There's like so many more C letter spices than like. Yeah, letters. absolutely. I'm like, core. I'm going down to like the third letter and I'm like, cumin. Where's the cumin? I don't know. It's wild. <laughs> Why do you know how to do that? Yeah. Was this like a Girl Scout <laughs> camp thing? <laughs> I think I just taught myself, but I will say as a kid, I like alphabetized everything. Like, my, <laughs> love it. My storybooks and like, I don't know, just everything. So I think I just like naturally picked it up. I love that. What a fun party trick. <laughs> We're big into That's those. great. Wow. Not that I, you know, but if the police ever catch you for anything, you could be like, I'm with it. I'm, I'm good. Look at this alphabet backwards. Not that you would ever be in that situation, but should you need to prove your sanity and mental faculties, that's like a good one. So the hardest yeah. part is the EFG. Like, Oh, sometimes I mix them up, but yeah, Yeah, that sounds easy to do. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Wait. So what's the other fun fact? You're coming locked and loaded with fun facts. (laughs) Um, well, (laughs) 
So for like a very brief period of time, I was a magician's assistant. (gasps) (laughs) Say more. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I had this friend who her dad and her brother were both professional magicians. um, And there was one summer where her brother needed an extra, like he needed someone. And so I did like a couple of shows with him. And um, yeah, so I got to, you know, it's kind of like Vanna White, like. Oh my you know, God. Were you the girl in the box? Sorry, that's so cheesy. <laughs> no, I wasn't. You were the girl in the box? <gasps> <laughs> so I, I've, never been, I've never been stabbed, but. Great. Um, Love I it. <laughs> Perfect. A box that like the box is empty and then I appeared. Um, and then backstage, you also get to like help watch the bunnies. Oh my God. Wow. wow. This has that... a lot more fuzzy benefits than I ever would have thought. <laughs> this is great. What a what a wide and varied resume Kelsey has. Well, speaking of, if you're like, who's this third individual on the Average Climber podcast? What's going on here? We have a guest today. Surprise. Um, so, <laughs> surprise. I'm super excited and honored to welcome our guest, Kelsey Keitel. She is a licensed therapist and mental health coach. She is the host of the Evergreen Thinking Podcast. Shout out another plug tone podcast. I love this podcast, by the way, when I need to like relax and think about my life. I listen to Kelsey's beautiful, calming voice. So calming. (laughs) Truly just an experience. I mean, love it. Yeah, I love it. I love every, like, seriously, when you need to like chill, but you also want to learn something, Evergreen Thinking Podcast. Go listen to it right now. Um, It's perfect. Yeah, if you're you're like, wow, that was a lot on the Average Climber podcast. I need a cool Next. down from all that <laughs> loud. Then go to Kelsey's podcast. It's awesome. Um, Kelsey is also an outdoor enthusiast of the three of us on this call. Kelsey is definitely the most Wait. outdoorsy yep. by a long shot. Um, <laughs> by a lot Kelsey is a mountain biker Kelsey climbs she runs she's in the process of training for a triathlon and she's also done some solo backpacking trips and just a general a lot more dirt baggery and mountain living than I 100%. can imagine I'm very yeah. impressed she's very strong and I'm so excited to have her on um Kelsey, we also wanted to honor Kelsey with our testimonial of the week. So, Caitlin, would you like to read uh, one of Kelsey's clients? Is this one of your therapy clients, Kelsey? Yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Okay. This is so awesome. Caitlin, read this. This is my favorite. I love this. So, Kelsey's client says, I love coming here, but I also hate coming here because I know you're going to challenge me. That is such a succinct, excellent testimonial. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of what you want to hear, though, I imagine, where it's like, you know, it's hard. It's good, but it's hard. There's challenges, but it's it's, you know, why we do it. Therapy is like high heels. It's tough, (laughs) but it's good. (laughs) yeah kelsey do you want to add anything else to your introduction or do you feel that we've covered it no that's that's about it yeah very well (laughs) yeah i'm sure there's a lot more but (laughs) there is oh my gosh no i like seriously um also the like religious deconstruction episode was fascinating to me like oh my god yeah i had a had myself a ball um it was great so yeah everyone Go, go listen to the Evergreen Thinking Podcast. It's awesome. But 
we're lucky enough to have Kelsey on our podcast today. And um, and we are going to be talking about mental health as it relates to climbing. Um, And honestly, Caitlin and I just have like a bunch of questions we wanted to ask Kelsey. Asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. (laughs) Some of these are really like selfish and personal, but I think you will also relate to a lot of these questions we are going to ask. So yeah, let's, let's get into it then. Caitlin, you want to kick us off? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay. So Kelsey, feel free, you know, add your expertise here and just your insights, things that you've experienced, but I'm so curious to hear your thoughts on these. So question one in what ways, this is a very broad question, but in what ways do you see mental health struggles impacting climbers or other outdoor athletes that you work with? Yeah. Um, something that I've noticed in like the climbing community for a while now, like even before I became a therapist, um, I see a lot of like loneliness, but I feel, yeah, but I feel, and I will say I notice this, especially with like climber boys uh, climbing men yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they're kind of boys but <laughs> we can call them bros I don't know something in the middle but, so, yeah. um, with one, but especially with boys and I one thing that I think is really interesting about that is I feel like that is almost like a a climber slash like dirt bag personality trait that is kind mm. of like raised like yeah. yeah, like like the lonely, man mysterious life. man that like climbs really hard in the forest by himself has like so much mystique to it. Yes, and just yeah. like you know, I feel like everyone, especially if you climb in the gym a lot, you probably start to notice like this one guy who's just always like projecting and like mm-hmm. you know training really hard. Which like there's nothing wrong with that, but I do think that like loneliness can be. Um, like it has its downsides. It also can be like a sign of just other things, maybe being a little bit mm. off. Um, and so, yeah, that's like something that I've noticed for a long time. Um, and it's like interesting because on one hand, climbing is like a really social activity, but on the other hand, I think it can be really isolating in its own way. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I kind of want to follow up with that because I used to be in a pre-professional ballet company and someone told me that ballet is so isolating because it's, you know, you're kind of doing it for yourself and you're sort of in competition with everyone around you, depending on what your role is. Mm. And so people would always tell me, oh, I bet climbing is such an easy transition for you. And I'm like, well, yeah, because it's the same thing thing like you're yikes you're I know now I'm like oh god (laughs) but you it's it's you know you have this thing that you're doing that you chose to do that you enjoy doing but it can be really isolating because even though a lot of people do it around you maybe they're not necessarily doing it with you and there's like this element of competition totally that's so interesting yeah well and like you no one else can like get you up that problem, you know? Yeah. Even if you're, you know, sport climbing and someone's kind of like helping you with the rope, ultimately Mm -hmm. like you have to make the moves, you have to use your muscles and like your, 
um, your technique and your skills to get up there. And so even if you're, you know, being belayed, like it still is like a very individual like task. Yeah. That's, that's so in contrast. (laughs) Yeah. Same. I never thought about that as like maybe a downside in contrast, like with other outdoor athletes that you've worked with, are there any outdoor sports where you're like this sport, like loneliness is like less of a problem? Ooh, that's a good question. So I work with a lot of uh, triathletes actually, which is kind of oh, what nice. is for triathlon. It's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> so like I have multiple clients who um, have done Ironmans and are like champions. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> well, like I consider them champions, but <laughs> I, 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 I do too. I don't even, know I just them got a I refresher agree. on riding a bike. Um, so I'm like doing that as a whole thing is a wild concept <laughs> to me. So, <laughs> But that can be really isolating too, because I mean, you're just spending so much time, um, you know, training like on a bike by yourself or like, even if you go on these group rides, like. You can't talk. Or maybe you can if you're really fit, but, like, I can't. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. or just, like, you know, on that race, like, I mean, what few little races I've done so far, like, yeah, you're just kind of in the pain cave by yourself, suffering it out, and then, you know, you transition to the next sport, and um, you're just – yeah, you're, you're like in it on your own, but you're training so hard. And so it's like not even for the race, but all of the training too. Like it's a sacrifice of time with like your family or Mm. whoever. And, um, so yeah, I see that with them too, but yeah. And I work with a lot of climbers just because here in Indianapolis, I'm really plugged in with the climbing community. Mm -hmm. And so people get referred to me. Um, one thing that I think is like really interesting and I would be curious about your guys's perspective on this but i think one reason why climbers like working with me is because i understand that not all risky activities need to be like pathologized or like Ooh. not all oh. training needs to be pathologized so like if you might have a therapist who doesn't know anything about what it takes to train for something and so they yeah. might think you're like unhealthy obsessive or something yeah when really it's just like well to an extent you kind of have to be if you're training for something really significant um and so but like with that said I kind of bring that up because I mean you definitely can see that though too that people who maybe are just really towing that line between like healthy training and overtraining Mm -hmm. um or even when it comes, like Caitlin, I'm sure you have to navigate this with people with nutrition, like mm-hmm. just navigating that fine line. There's a fine there. line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just think that's like kind of interesting. Yeah, I completely agree. Like with, with my therapist that I have, like, you know, not that I think she's a great therapist and I'm okay that she's like not a climber, but like, you know, like I have had to have talks where you kind of feel stupid where you're like, hello. This is what a red point is. I'm obsessed <laughs> with getting it on this one specific piece of rock. This sounds probably nuts to you. I've been working on this thing that's just some rock for two years. Like, and you just feel like, 
it's just hard to like know that someone gets it. It's usually, okay, this is weird, but like if people have, if I'm like therapist or person, have you seen like the Dawn Wall with Tommy Caldwell? <laughs> Not that like anything I do is to that extent, but I'm like where he is obsessively pursuing this thing. Right. It's like same vibe, but a lot, you know, more amateur status, right? But like, it's really hard to kind of, I think that's so interesting because a lot of therapists maybe working with someone who's like a climber that trains pretty regular rigorously or any athlete is just like wow good for you like this is great you're getting like more physical activity than maybe like the general population and isn't that great and you're like yeah cool like that base is covered but also like I'm mentally struggling like with the fact that I want this kind of sports performance and that's such just going off of what you said about loneliness too that's such an interesting perspective to bring up too about how like parts of training involve you being like the time that I usually get to like spend with my friends or like whatever has to kind of like go to you know some like alone time or like more mm-hmm. lonely moments in the gym or, um, just like generally yeah this could be why climbers are really not I don't want to say only that's a big generalization by but why many climbers have a lot of climber friends I feel like just by nature yeah how into it everyone gets it's so easy to find your community in that space but I feel like I've I've sort of struggled with that because after ballet I was like I don't like too much overlap like there's there's not enough going on and you know when when you struggle with something in climbing I think people are so different from one another just at that base level but they have this similar thing that they do very passionately but then I think it creates a lot of distance between people because that's really only the the exclusive similarity that many people have it's so interesting in this well I think a lot of times people they don't realize it until they start to struggle or like plateau but they Mm -hmm. really like wrap up their entire identity in being a climber and then like you get injured or you you know, you're just, you're not progressing the way that you did when you first started or something. And then you're like, well, am I even a climber? Like I even, I mean, and I'm like the most like below average climber. (laughs) No, everyone's part of the average. You're here. (laughs) I round out the average. Like I make the average. (laughs) <laughs> sometimes i do matter. feel like offensive inviting people to be on this podcast i'm like would you like to be on the average climber podcast and i'm like oh this isn't a comment on your climbing abilities um, this is just the name of our podcast but yeah sometimes i'm like oh interesting <laughs> like, <laughs> like is this insulting <laughs> but i am like cli- like yeah i i do so many other things and i remember though when like there was a period of time where I was just like super obsessed with climbing and climbing was like my main thing I did. And then whenever life changed a little bit and I wasn't climbing as much as I used to, I was like, am I allowed to even call myself a climber? Like, when are you allowed to call yourself a climber? Uh, not? Yeah. Which is stupid. It's like very gatekeepy, but like, yep. I think people have that though. And I think that can come from just having so much of your identity tied to mm-hmm. it. Um, so that's like, that's something that I see a lot is just people who they don't realize it. And maybe it's not even necessarily like a bad thing, but then Mm -hmm. when life changes or circumstances change and 
they start to wrestle with their climbing a little bit more like literally and yeah <laughs> yeah like um it can be really distressing for mm-hmm. for people when something my therapist told me not all that long ago that really resonated because I definitely have struggled with this the last like five years because my life has changed very dramatically (laughs) um but she said you have all the gear you just don't want to wear it all the time and I was like huh that's a good way to put it because I'm so much more than just who I am as a climber oh my god I love climbing but I my identity cannot be wrapped up in this subculture like I just there's so much more I want to do and talk about you know it's something you do, but it's not something you are right right absolutely yeah wow how do you help people with that Kelsey because I think this is like one of the big you know sometimes as a coach I can like see it happening and I'm like I'm not your therapist like I don't know like I can see it where it's just like my identity and my self-worth are wrapped up in how well I'm climbing. So then the days where it's like, you're not climbing well, or like something happens or the trip gets rained out or whatever. It's like this like thing or this performance metric you wanted to hit. Isn't just like a thing you're doing. It's like who you are. And then it feels like a personal attack on your like value as a person. And I can just like see this playing out with athletes all the time. And like, I'm like, I don't always feel the most like you know I can like help identify it and untangle it a little bit but I also have to like stay within my scope and also who knows what cans of worms we can get into and like wrestling with that but like yeah like I guess for both Caitlin and I as a coach like what what advice do you have when we're seeing those situations and also like how do you help people through that process of like realizing that you know your worth as a person does not relate to how hard you climb or how well you're climbing like at all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that I think is helpful to keep in mind is that with anything, whether it's behavior or mindset um, or like cognitions with, with anything really, we don't do something unless it is somehow like benefiting us. And so mm-hmm. if you want to look at like the function of that behavior, so like the, I don't even know if you want to call it a behavior, but we'll call it a behavior. That behavior of making climbing your whole identity and finding your whole identity in that, it would be interesting. Like if you're listening to this and that's relatable to you to explore what is a function of this behavior? Mm. Like, why am I? putting so much stock into this. What is that doing for me? In what way is that benefiting me? And then kind of breaking that down. Because then you might find, I don't know, I'm just like thinking out loud, but you might find that maybe I feel inadequate in these areas, but climbing has always been great for me. Climbing is something I've been pretty good at. So I'm going to put all my eggs in that basket to make up for these other areas or to like avoid these other areas or Mm. whatever it might be. And so I can just- definitely, yeah, I can definitely like, there was a time in my life where I like super hated the job that I had. Um, <laughs> it was a three year period uh, actually before I decided to burn it all down and start a business, but I like really <laughs> hated my work. I got like almost no life satisfaction out of it. Like I got way more satisfaction out of climbing and trying to better myself as a climber and kind of like, you know, making climbing mean a lot to me because other areas of my life just were not 
fulfilling. Like I just, you know, spent most of my week doing shit I hated. Right. So like climbing became this thing that was super important, but like, and I also lived really far from outdoor climbing. So I would spend all this time in the gym, like preparing for very short amounts of time that I got to spend outside. And it felt so just stressful and awful and you know like I remember this one time we were on our our way to the Red River Gorge and I had like three days and one route I really wanted to do and we almost missed our connection on Delta and that would have eaten up like one of the three days after I trained for like three months right and I remember like crying and running through the airport because I was like so upset because I had worked so hard and for a dumb reason because of a dumb flight delay and then like trying to bump us, you know, I was just like, this sucks. And obviously it sucked so bad that I completely changed the way my life works so that I don't have to like be that protective over my climbing time. But yeah, I don't know. That definitely felt like a time in my life where I made climbing like too much of my identity to the point where it was like stressful and maybe unhealthy because I like hated other stuff that was going on so much. But yeah. yeah. So then when you when you explore that to like a kind of you have the opportunity to address those other things and that's scary, right? Like it's way more fun to project climbing than it is to decide like should I quit my job or right? (laughs) You're like, I'll just avoid the existential dread, go to the climbing gym, not think (laughs) about it, and then not acknowledge that the way my life is working is extremely like unsatisfying to me. I don't want to deal with that. Like, yeah. So dig deep, people. You'll find stuff you don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) We're only 24 minutes in and Kelsey's already already doing her thing. We love coming here and we hate it at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) You know what though? Like another thing, and this is going to sound very elementary, but a lot of times like the most powerful, profound things really are. And like, you guys know that as coaches, like, an exercise that I think could be really helpful if you do start to notice people kind of trending down that way is say, Mm -hmm. Hey, okay, your training homework for tonight is like, I want you to skip the hangboard, like whatever. Um, Your training homework tonight is I want you to go home and I want you to make a list of all the things you value in life and all of the, like um, the answers to the question, like, who are you? Like, and they don't have to be deep things. It can literally be like, I'm a daughter. I like, I don't know. I like pickles. I, you know, <laughs> like all of these things. And just kind of to just provide some grounding of like, who are you outside of like sending basically? Yeah, that I feel like that's so powerful too, just because. I'm sure you see this as well, but like sometimes just asking the basic questions can really get people out of their own way and help, you know, push you out of a situation that maybe you don't really have the opportunity to think about. And it just, I like what you said, gives you that, that more of that grounding aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. I also find that for me, it is important to have like spaces and people that I am in contact with Mm. that are not climbers. Like if I explain to them my like climbing woes, they'd be like, that sounds hard. I don't get it. Cause it's just like, (laughs) there's whole people in my life that are like, they don't climb at all. They like think that it's cool that I started my own thing and they're like psyched for me, but like how well I'm climbing or how hard I'm climbing doesn't fucking matter to them at all. And I think it's like really nice to have relationships 
mm-hmm. like that because your value as a person is not related to like climbing. <laughs> no, I keep saying that, but yeah, yeah, that's so helpful, Kelsey. I love that. That's a great exercise. Wow, athletes, mm-hmm. you might be seeing that come through <laughs> soon if you're like going through a thing, but that's awesome. I love that. Hell yeah. Me too. Um, so, yeah, on the same vein, I want to ask about comparison because another thing I think Caitlin and I both see our athletes struggling Mm -hmm. with um and I feel like especially in the body image department in climbing like a lot of this can be so so hard like people you know will compare themselves to someone else and be like they don't train as hard as me but they're getting better faster they don't eat what I do and they look different than me like they look this way so they're sending and I look this way so I'm not like Comparison is just like a whole rat's nest that I think can really derail athletes on their way to getting better. So what, how do you, because I'm sure you've come across people with comparison issues. I would would bet good money on that. So (laughs) how do you like help people work through that? Or like, what's kind of your advice if you find that comparison to other people is like stopping you from being able to focus on yourself? Yeah. Well, and that's the wild thing about comparison is literally everyone does it. Like comparison is like my job security. Like, <laughs> yeah, everyone. I, I believe it. Yeah, everyone really does it. And so, but actually, that fact right there is something that can be like just a really powerful reminder. Is like literally that girl or guy or whoever that person that you are comparing yourself to they are comparing themselves to someone. They might even be comparing themselves to you and you have no idea. So I mean, I know it's like really cliche and people, you know, say this a lot that um, when it comes to, you know, like social media, like, oh, everyone shows their highlight reels and like no one shows their behind the scenes and stuff, which is like, you know, pretty true. But it's the same way in like real life too, when you're around people like, um, I thought about this when I was on a run one time because I'm like, a, I'm a really ugly runner. Um, <laughs> Does anyone look good? Like, no, this is not like the only people that look good running are on Baywatch. Yes. Like, that's the whole point of that show, I think, is right. people that look good when they're running in swimsuits. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I have this like, you know, I'm newer to running too. So that's, that is a whole part of it. But I had this thought one day when I was at like, I don't know, mile seven on a long run, I'm like dying and it just, you can tell that I'm trying really hard. And then I ran past someone who, I mean, they were just like killing it and they're really awesome. And, you know, it's possible that they are just in better shape than me, but it's also possible that they were at like mile one in a three mile easy, like tempo run, you know? That's such a good, I don't know if you meant that to be like an excellent analogy, but like we (laughs) literally can't know, (laughs) like in running, you can't know and kind of the same thing in climbing too. Yeah. Like with climbing, you might see someone who is, you know, they're like really killing it. Like maybe you see someone who they're, you know, projecting something really, really hard and you're over there like warming up on something really easy. And what you don't realize is that like, yeah, they're at the end of their session and you're like just starting or like vice versa. Right. Okay. I have a follow-up question because I think the like random stranger comparison for me can be like easier to undo. How do you kind of deal with the comparison thing when it's happening within like a close circle 
of friends. Like, even if you're, like, support, like, obviously, like, I support Caitlyn whenever we go climbing and yada yada. But there will be things where it's, like, Caitlyn will smash it and I'll be, like, I cannot do this at all. And then, like, you know, like, just naturally, like, you know what I mean? Or, like, whatever, vice versa, right? Like, like even when you're, like, not trying to, like, consciously tear your friend down and you, like, fully support your group of friends, like, part of your brain just, like, might start doing, like, like, shitty, unnecessary, like, comparison things, like, you know, even, like, with people that you, like, know really well. And especially I think it gets harder if you, like, kind of do know what their training is like or you have more information that your brain can use to like rationalize why you suck or something like how do you deal with that when you like can't just use the whole like I don't know the full picture and I think no matter what we still do not know the full picture but I think you know like with my husband Mike like I kind of do know the full picture and sometimes I'm like ah (laughs) I just want to be six foot tall for a day and see what happens but like you know what I mean but that's not everything so yeah how do you deal with it when like you can't just be like I don't know the full story because sometimes we like do know at least a lot of it which is hard that's a really good point like I'm really glad that you asked that um I think I think one thing okay there's two things that come to mind one, this one's like shorter, is just I think remembering that her performance literally doesn't affect your performance at all. Yeah. Because it is so individual. Like, um, so, um, well, actually, it only affects your performance if you let it affect your performance, even. Like, big, big facts. Yeah. Big facts. Yeah. I'm <laughs> snapping and I'm like, I shouldn't snap on a podcast, offensive. but I'm like, <laughs> poetry hours snapping yes like that's really fluffy but I think like where I would take that deeper like if I was working with someone is um when you're there and you're watching like you're witnessing someone totally smash it and you're maybe struggling we are such like meaning making creatures and so asking yourself like like if it's upsetting you that means you're inferring some kind of meaning about it and so it's like, mm-hmm. what does it mean about me if Caitlin is um, doing really well and I'm not? Like, what does that mean about me? Because you wouldn't be upset about it if it didn't mean something to you. Hmm. Ooh, that's interesting. And then sometimes the answer to that, you'll be like, wait, this actually doesn't mean anything. I'm making it mean <laughs> something, but in reality, it does not mean anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and that's where really like, we have a tendency of making stuff that's not about us about us. And sometimes that's like a hard thing to point out to people too. But like, for example, Caitlin's climb isn't about my climb, but I like made it about mine somehow. Yeah. (laughs) We're just like, whoa. (laughs) Whoa. I like taking you guys to church today. (laughs) I feel like I'm getting a really nice session, but I yeah, love I, Kelsey Church. Kelsey Church rules. Kelsey. <laughs> More like, Kelsey Church. <laughs> I wish that we had been doing this like a few years ago because I'll I'll give like a little backstory about myself just briefly because I think this is something I'm working on now. Like I had so much trouble with comparison maybe like a few years ago. Not so much now, but I think as a defense mechanism, I've sort of like taken myself 
out of that mindset so much where I'm almost like apathetic in a way because I don't want to feel that sort of like Mm. hurt or those big feelings you're like scared to care totally I have the the care carry scaries um the carry scaries (laughs) (laughs) or scary carries but I feel like one thing that I even from day one and I'm I'm mostly just saying this because I'm curious to hear your thoughts after it (laughs) um but I've never once compared myself to a more masculine climber just simply because I don't see myself in that Mm. way. Like I don't go, Oh, well he can do that because he's taller or they're taller or maybe they, you know, have other aspects to their being that is working for them. Like I don't see myself in that, but what I really struggle with is other people who are more similar to me And it's a lot easier for me to like pick that apart and then pick myself apart. That's something I've, I did for a very long time. And like I said, now I'm just like, I don't want to compare so much that I'm, I'm like taking a big step back. So I guess what I'm trying to say and ask is in that situation, if there are people who are experiencing something like that, do you have some insights or, advice that could be helpful just to sort of navigate that feeling of comparison to people who are either similar to you or sort of wanting to avoid apathy or you know like the comparison altogether and it takes the opposite side of the spectrum (laughs) totally that totally makes sense and I I used to really 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 struggle with just like general jealousy like a lot Mm -hmm. Um, and so I can like, I can relate to that too. And I think what I try to suggest to people is one, we want to take a really like self-compassionate approach to it. So Hmm. like if you catch yourself comparing or being jealous or envious or anything, don't like hate on yourself for that. Um, but instead use that as data. So like, and I think that's kind of what you did where you saw, okay, this is an indicator of like things that are important to me. Like I must desire that, or I must, um, you know, value that, or that's, that's something that I aspire to be like, like Mm. just almost being curious about it and just letting, like anytime you start to notice those feelings come up, because you know, when you compare a lot of times you have that feeling in your stomach or your chest or somewhere, like wherever it shows up for you, you have that feeling. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to notice that. And it's almost like a little, if you're like reading a book and something was helpful and you put one of those little colorful sticky note tab things in it, it's like, let that just, yeah, that's a sticky tab for you. And like, that's just data. And when you have enough data, then you can like make decisions based off of data and you can um, kind of respond to it in that way. So I think just like, don't, if this is something that you're working through, because I know when I used to to feel a lot of jealousy, I also felt a lot of shame afterwards because I was yeah, like, shame. Like, and then you're I like, I can't even talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I don't want to feel this way. Like, this is one of my best friends. Why do I like secretly kind of hate her right now? And like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and so yeah. it's like, okay, no, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to notice it and be curious about it. 
and then figure out a way to like work with it. Cause if we really just like hate ourselves for it, it's only going to make it like worse. Yeah. It's almost like compassionate logic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like, cause I have this example, like there was this climb in Bishop this year when Lauren and I went and it was something I, I have an inch more reach than Caitlin and Caitlin okay. got fucked. But, <laughs> but, like, in that moment, I wasn't thinking that and I wasn't even upset. Like I had been on this climb so many times and I think I'd projected it for like every single time I went to Bishop, I got on it at least 20 times you know like I would burn myself out on it and it wasn't that I saw Lauren do it and like wasn't happy for her I really felt like in that moment I had to kind of take myself out of the equation and just be like that is so rad she did it she pushed through I felt so bad that day actually this is like such a good example like I felt bad being happy that I did it because I knew Kate but like, I know, I know we're both like <laughs> good friends. And I was just like, this is like, I li- like literally I have like, I'm like slightly taller than Caitlin and I have like a inch more reach. And then like, I don't know. It's just like very height dependent, but I felt like, so like, I was like, <laughs> I'm happy, but I feel awful. And I want Caitlin to be happy. And like, it was just hard. It w- That's like, I think it just goes back to the whole thing with climbing. Like you sending that has nothing to do with me sending it and if I had just sat there and dwelled on that and been like well why did she get to do it and I didn't and like it's not that I'm more deserving of you or you're more deserving of me it's just like it's our own experience it's just they're rocks they're rocks (laughs) literally matters not at all it's just (laughs) it it was so interesting though because like I remember afterwards just being like so frustrated because also I was upset at myself for being like god I just like want to be so happy for her but I feel like I'm just a big ball of energy feels and like I need to kind of walk it off for a second but I just yeah I feel like the comparison thing really can be such a thief of like all all things good in climbing (laughs) yeah and I also like didn't just while we're having a nice little couples therapy session with Kelsey present (laughs) like I felt very I was like I wasn't mad at you at all for like you feeling like bummed because I know how fucking frustrating it is to like return to a climb over and over again and like not be able to do it like I was never thinking like I can't believe Caitlin isn't like high-fiving me until I die right now I was like climbing so fucking annoying (laughs) like yeah Yeah. so no it was we did good I think that was a good a good experience and yeah a great example bound to happen yeah yeah so in in Waco, Caitlin was sailing up rock climbs, and I was like, "How do I place a heel hook on anything?" <laughs> <laughs> so it just depends on what's going on. But yeah, well, I think we should. We have more questions for you, Kelsey. This is already lovely, but let's take it to a little break. You know what movie scenes really spoke to me growing up? The makeover montages, like Lizzie McGuire going on a shopping spree with her pop star icon twin or Caddy Heron's Good Girl Gone Bad transformation in Mean Girls, or better yet, Anne Hathaway's iconic bangs in The Devil Wears Prada. I actually tried out those bangs in eighth grade. Turns out they don't look so hot when you have a massive cowlick in the middle of your forehead. 
Anyways, the fact is that I love a good makeover. I like seeing how a few simple tweaks can lead to a stunning before and after. And though I'm no Hollywood fashion guru, I've started a little makeover game of my own. With training plans, of course. Every week, I take an audience member's training plan and offer the adjustments needed to take it from all right to excellent. Inside of the weekly training plan makeover, I take you step-by-step through the how and why behind my recommendations that you can watch in a short, actionable video. The catch. This is only available to those on my email list. So if you want to get the weekly training plan makeover delivered straight to your inbox, or maybe even get a training plan makeover of your own, then make sure to get signed up for the weekly training plan makeover at the link in our show notes. And we're back and I'm coming in back <laughs> with <laughs> questions. So I, we've kind of sort of talked about this a little bit, but I'm really curious to hear your thoughts about some of those dismissals of big feelings in climbing. So an example that I can give that has happened to me personally, um, it's happened to people I'm very close to who climb with me, but there will be people in the community who are let's say like you're really afraid of clipping well above the bolt and you're terrified of falling so it takes you quite a bit of time to process and you have people who really really sandbag you about what a climb is like or even just like how you should feel about it where it's kind of like they make you feel embarrassed for being afraid where they're like ah no it's not that scary like you'll be fine can you just <laughs> or like I don't think that moves hard or that's not the crux and you're like it's but like well, I did I think fucking it ask is. you asshole <laughs> Jesus Christ like it makes me so angry because it's like it doesn't matter what you think this is my experience so can you just yeah, before I get it's not really, a big deal energy <laughs> right like I don't want to get ragey about this because I've, I've done a lot of work on this in therapy because I just feel so small when this happens, but can you just take a second to share your expertise on this? It just like when it comes to those big emotions, do you have any words of wisdom or advice that you can share? Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely have experienced that too. I also think another approach that some people take that it's also dismissive, but in a different way is that they'll be like, like overly cheerful for you. Like they're like, no, you're so strong. You're oh so great. You got God. this. Like, yes. Don't worry. Like, which is nice. Aww. And they like mean well too. And it still it's feels annoying, which makes it worse. Yeah. Yes. It's like well intended, I think usually, but like, yeah, that doesn't help either. Okay. So what I would say is Okay, a lot of times that's gonna that's happening when we're like afraid, I think, a lot of times. Yeah. And so when we're afraid, a lot of times what what is going through our mind is what if, right? Like, okay, what if I miss the bolt? What if I slip and, you know, um, I take a big whip or whatever? Like there's all these what ifs. And I think a lot of times in life in general, when we have what ifs, people's approach is to ignore the what if. But I think that what is most effective is to actually lean into the what if and actually Mm. entertain it. So Mm. um, like if someone like, um, okay, let's go with the example. 
you're going for like the, I don't know, fourth clip. Okay, so you've got like three underneath you, you're good, and you're going for that fourth one, but you're really nervous because um, you just, you feel like you might fall before you get to it. Okay, so, okay, what if? What if you do fall before you get to it? Um, And then it's like, okay, well, I know how to fall. Like, I've fallen a million times. I know how to, you know, catch my feet on it or you know, whatever. I know what to do. I know what not to do. Is falling really scary and not fun and sometimes kind of like hurts a little bit? Yes. Like that is all real. That's all true. But like, will I be okay? Most likely, yes. I mean, if you really will be okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we're, we're talking in like, you know, good case scenario. It is a safe, like the safest possibility. It's just Mm -hmm. not fun fall or whatever so like in that example it's like okay we're really gonna look at the what if from all angles and um just really acknowledge it and then go from there rather than ignoring the what if because most of the time and this goes for just like regular life stuff too most of the time what you realize is that even if the worst case scenario happens you're gonna be okay yeah that's big. (laughs) Yeah. How would you kind of on the other end of this? So let's say like you do have some big feelings that are going on and someone does say something dismissive. Like what are some, I know you have a course on boundaries, so I'm like, you're probably got a script ready. (laughs) (laughs) What are some of the things you can say to kind of, especially, um, I'm not always the most confrontational person, especially out at the crag, just because like conflict takes a lot of energy for me. So sometimes I just like would rather not engage, but like, let's say for someone who's not super conflict oriented, but someone that still wants to let someone know like, Hey, I think this feels dismissive and annoying that you said it like that. Like, what are some things you can kind of like say to that person? Yeah, that's really good. And that's, that stuff is hard for me too. Cause I'm naturally like a conflict averse person. Um, but So there's like different approaches. Like one approach you could take is that you address it in retrospect. Um, Mm. So maybe if you don't want it to like ruin the mood or you don't want to deal with the energy exchange right then and there, you can just kind of table it for later. But then later, you know, like one of your friends or someone you frequently climb with, you can say, totally. remember when we were at the crag last week and like, you know, this happened. Um, I feel like you were trying to be helpful and encouraging, but... Um, actually, like, can I tell you something that would be more helpful for me in those moments? Mm. Um, so that's one way is like, you know, you address that if you do believe that they had good intentions, definitely call that out. Like, Hey, I think that you were trying to be helpful. Can I tell you what would be more helpful? Um, so that's, that's a one nice way to put it. Cause like, mm-hmm. if they already want to help and you're giving them the tools to help you even better, that's like nice. And it's like, like oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah. then you can do it and later. If it, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What if it's a rando? Yeah. A rando? Okay. Yeah. Random bros. They love to say stuff. Random yeah, bros or brodettes. There are people that, yeah, I have a side rant that I want to go on that I feel like you two will, I want to, this has been in my mind plaguing me. But anyways, first question. What if someone like random is uh, being annoying <laughs> and like dismissive and irritating? 
yeah. and also so, getting into business that ain't their business. <laughs> yeah. So I think you can, you can make a decision of like, okay, is this worth my energy to just be like, Hey, um, Oh my gosh, I'm like thinking out loud right now. I would so not do this. But <laughs> I, I know, me either. I have a few friends that like would or would do it on my behalf. Or I can maybe do it on someone else's behalf. But if I'm like, like if I need to mama yourself. bear, I'll be like, that's my friend. I would Fuck just off. say, but like, if it was me, if it was me, I would just say, that's not helpful. I think that's what I would say. Because mm. you're, <laughs> you're not making it too personal. Like you're not saying you're not helpful or like you're oh, annoying. Or you're, yeah. <laughs> you're just yeah, like. Even if you feel that way. Yeah. Yes. You're just like that thing you said was not helpful. And just say it nice and like stern and strong. And hopefully they will like, you know, take the point. If they don't, then maybe later it's like, can you please stop commenting on my climbing or something um or my feelings or yes (laughs) i get i get so like cringe even thinking about like what if i have to say something but i've definitely had people like shout stuff up at me and feel like they're being helpful and i definitely did not know what to say and then the rest of the day just feels so awkward because you're just stuck in this position of like, well, you're like that was annoying. I really want to say something, but I also like don't. And it's yeah. just is annoying. And now I feel yeah. stupid. And, but also the times that I've spoken up for myself to be like, please stop talking. Like that's if I've, I've said that's not helpful. Usually it's been like with a little bit more like rage, but I've been yeah. made to feel really dumb and like a bitch for doing that and I'm like that's really fun I don't know if it's just because of my gender that's possible but I've been made to feel like I shouldn't speak up and like then they get defensive and it's like well I'm only trying to help and I'm like but oh yeah the like they're trying to be helpful and they know more than you so like, uh-uh, you don't should be, be grateful victim. that they're helping you yeah I'm like this is not a victim situation so- but do you yeah. have any advice for how to na- navigate that? Mind you, like, when this has happened, it has not been, like, friends. I would say it's more acquaintances. Yeah. I would say... Ooh, acquaintances is even worse. Yeah, acquaintances is, like, the super awkward, like, in the middle. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. a rando, you're like, fuck you, I don't care. But acquaintances, yeah. you're like, I might see you at the gym, so... Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, friend. yeah, I would just... So if I initially was like, that's not helpful, and then or, like, stop or something, and then they're like, well, I was mm-hmm. only trying to help, blah, 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 I would just be like... I would either just reiterate it again, well, that wasn't helpful, or I would say... <laughs> or I would just say... I'll ask you for help if I want your help. Mm, yeah. Because then you're yeah. taking like, the ball back into your court and you're like, mm-hmm. like, why, like, I never gave you the ball, but somehow you have it. So I'm going to take it back now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I true. I like that. Um, okay. The side tangent adventure that I want to take us on for, I will try <laughs> to keep this short, but something really weird that I've noticed and I'm like, I feel so conflicted about it. Okay, so I'll be, like, in the gym or out at the crag or something. And this has happened to me, like, a lot. And some man, typically (laughs) a man that is older than me, when Mm -hmm. they see me doing something that's literally a warm-up, like, and I do not make it look hard. Like, this happened to me recently in the gym where I was, like, climbing a warm-up problem, doing, like, 
a drill on it, like very much warm up level. And like a man, I got down off the wall and he's like, high five. Good job. Like giving me a nux and like all this uh. stuff. Or this has happened to me at the crag too, where I'll get off like a five ten like C or something. And someone will be like, nice job, girl. And I'm like, this is my fucking warm up. <laughs> like, or yeah, they're like, they're, or yeah, this happened to me at the red ones where I like, whatever. They were like, oh, there's some other really, really cool 510s. And like, maybe if you want to try this 511. And like, I just see people making like all these, like, it feels so like, I, it's not like they're saying it. And like, yes, at face value, it is like, I guess, quote, nice that they like are being encouraging and supportive or, or something. I'm like, is this what feminism is? This what you think feminism is? But like, on the <laughs> other hand, I'm like, this feels yeah. really fucking patronizing because I can like see in your brain you assuming that this is like the best I can do when I like definitely climb harder than you. I don't know. Have you two ever had something like yes. this happen or like? Oh okay, so, okay, you're both honestly, nodding. Okay, this isn't just a me so... thing. This has been driving me nuts. I'm like, no. am I being overly sensitive about something? No, no, or, no. Like, does this feel patronizing and annoying? For some <laughs> reason, I am. I honestly cannot tell you why this happens but we need better reason, resting bitch face caitlin like i mine think this is, is so like, bad lauren i cannot get I any don't worse know. it's like i don't know <laughs> but i like, don't know it's not but it's a pretty resting bitch face so <laughs> that's your problem uh, uh, i've i've for some reason i feel like i'm always the person who has this energy directed towards me like it's this like at a girl <laughs> you know, where it's like oh my god you did so good I'm like this is my my first climb of the day and it's like it, where they'll be like oh how'd you feel on it I'm like fine you know because I was warming up <laughs> but then it makes you think like well Oh, yeah, I... then you're like, did I look like it wasn't a warm up? And then it's like this whole. Like, <laughs> like... And you're like, wait, what happened that I, I don't, I don't like, know. Did it look like I was trying? Yeah, I don't know. Kelsey, that spiral what are happens. your thoughts on this? Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I'm kind of laughing to myself because like your guys' warm up is probably like the hardest thing I've ever tried in my life. But <laughs> so, I do. I experience it, but it legit is like, oh yeah, thanks for giving me a high five on this. Like, do I really needed it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, I kind of have this theory, like, and I will say, I go the climbing gym that I am a part of here is like very trendy and like it's it's newer in town, and so um, it has like a very unique crowd. But I think in all of the gyms I've ever been a part of like I think some people go there hoping to like find a partner and mm. so <laughs> at least for me a lot of times I the way I conceptualize that is that person that just gave me a, a high five might be like trying to like flirt with hit on you like, yeah. <laughs> oh no maybe then that's I gotta get a wedding ring tattooed on my finger because I'm not gonna like wear a plastic ring because I just like don't yeah. want to have stuff on my fingers but yeah but that shouldn't be the solution <laughs> you shouldn't no, have to have a fake wedding ring on to not get like patronizing high fives <laughs> so turns somebody... me to say but like I feel like I'm pretty perceptive to it like just you know people are just trying to I feel like sometimes that's what's going on <laughs> Yeah. I also yeah. want to say that I think sometimes like the people that are doing this are like 
so new to climbing. I don't think this is always like ill intended, but I do think it's fascinating because I do see it happening to myself like a hell of a lot more than it happens to men. Um, I don't think I've ever watched. Yeah, that's what like feels really weird about this phenomenon. But like it does feel like a lot of the people that do this are like newer climbers who like and maybe they're newer climbers that started climbing in a place where like they haven't seen a lot of women climbing harder than them honestly like that is like you know like I think in the situations I'm thinking of like that feels I think about the gyms and I'm like there aren't a lot of women that go to the couple of gym the few gyms where this like especially happens at so I feel like part of it is that like they don't like have that perspective so they like really are just trying to be like nice and congratulatory because they'd be like psyched if they climbed that so I don't want to be like an elitist asshole like I do think it's like kind of nice and like maybe coming from a good place but I think what bothers me about it is like (laughs) the fact that subconsciously like they have assumed that this is as hard as I climb or that like this is right it's like so weird and like gray (laughs) I would never go up to someone in the gym and be like wow, you did so good. I would never do that ever like that to me. If someone like just sent their project at a crag and you can tell it was a big deal, I will be like, that was sick. Nice work. Like for sure. you'd, You'd be like, hell yeah. You wouldn't have this like patronizing tone. Like, oh my God, you were so strong. Like, no back back no. it up it'd delete. be like respect <laughs> yeah like well, yeah it's it's like coming from a different place like I feel like it's not in our heads when something like that happens like the perception is there of what's actually happening being, and it yeah. just kind of sets you off for the rest of the day being, at least it being does a me. woman or a femme presenting person in climbing is like such a fucking vibe sometimes so <laughs> on a different note thank you for entertaining that tangent I've been driving myself crazy with that where I'm like am I just being a picky bitch or like no. is this strange so yep. another question I have for you Kelsey um and as this is being recorded I'm about to start I'm like two weeks out from being in um project heaven slash hell um (laughs) where i will have a limited amount of time to do a climb that i've been working on are you going to land hard on it oh yeah i'm not going to lander but i will be weekend warrioring to lander for like a lot of weekends in a row which honestly adds some vibe to it because i will be driving like 10 hours round trip for multiple weekends in a row until i do this fucking climb (laughs) so get it yeah kelsey For people, I think one of the reasons that climbers, like, shy away from doing, like, intense, really hard for them climbs, and it almost feels like the way some people might be like, I'll do triathlons, but not an Ironman, right? Where there's, like, there's just a certain level of, like, commitment and, like, yada yada that feels like a lot. What tips do you have for when you're, for staying, like, sane and feeling good when you're kind of, like, in the process of trying to do something, like, a really hard rock climb, Um, you know, like, where you're kind of in this land of like is it going to get better this weekend am I going to do worse am I about to send am I not am I going to do it am I not is it going to be year four of working on this or like you know it just there's a lot of like stuff and I feel like whenever I've been in like full-on project mode my like overall like life anxiety levels like do go up um I don't know I feel like other climbers have probably experienced this but I want to know if like you have any like tips for dealing with that in a healthy way asking for a friend (laughs) (laughs) Schmorin, <laughs> 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 yeah, Schmorin, and She had this question. And <laughs> Schmaitlin Schmolms. <laughs> yep. Uh, I have a couple of tips. I I think might be helpful. Um, 
One is like as hokey as this seems, I know that this has been really helpful for me with my training is like taking progress videos or progress pictures or whatever to Mm. be able to scrapbook, like to just watch the progress as it goes. Mm So like I did that with uh, swimming. I never learned how to swim as a kid and I like (gasps) started Uh, I started taking swim lessons so that I could do triathlon. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) You're amazing. (laughs) As like an adult. uh, (laughs) Arm floaties, like I can do it. (laughs) Yes. And uh, I like, there were some times where I would just like come home from swim practice and I would just be like crying about it because I would just be like, I really suck. Like I am, this is hard. And like, I am working towards doing an Ironman. And so I'm like, I have to, I have to swim. And And so, um, so, but yeah, I would like take periodically, I would take videos like every couple months of my swimming and I would be able to be watch them and be like wow I am getting better even though it doesn't feel like it I am getting Mm -hmm. better Mm -hmm. and so or whether that's you know just documenting like wow I got one more move like I would like to get five more moves but I got one more move and like I'm gonna remember that um and kind of along with that like celebrating the progress along the way like you're I mean, ultimately you want to send the whole thing, but like celebrate mm-hmm. the checkpoints. Like, Sweet. Um, yeah. yeah, don't, don't forget to celebrate along the way. Um, and then I think also just kind of like reminding yourself of like why you're doing it. Like I'm doing this cause it's fun. It's what I love. I, or for me with triathlon training, it's been, I'm just really curious about what I can actually get my body to do, which I think climbing is very similar. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a curiosity of just, can I do this? Like, that's like how climbing started. People are just like, oh, I wonder if I can. Oh, I wonder if I can make it up that rock. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, I feel like I need more of that, like goofy gold miner energy with my project. And it'd be like a lot more fun. (laughs) So yeah, um, I love that. I definitely think I'm like good at celebrating the little wins along the way, but I also think like remembering how important that is, is really great. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, I want to transition these questions into asking, you know, how people can kind of like, if any of this has been um, listener, if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, I'm realizing I may have some I need therapy work to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kelsey, what are some signs that like maybe it might be a good time to like seek, seek help in the form of therapy or even mental health coaching? Um, and can you also tell us kind of like the difference between those two things mm-hmm. and who might need what? Yes. Yeah. So, um, I'll give you guys the link cause I have a free quiz that you can, you can, oh, we it. love like, a quiz. Okay. We'll post the quiz. <laughs> quiz gals. Like, one might be best for me, but like the short explanation is that counseling or therapy, um, is clinical. So, um, mm. we have like a lot of training. It's a medical based, um, uh, way to get support. Um, and uh, it's like rooted in a lot of different theories and like brain science and stuff. And then coaching is honestly, it's not regulated at all. Um, (laughs) there are no rules, (laughs) (laughs) not clinical. So the way I think of it is like, if you're dealing with something that's chronic or something that is related to trauma, or if it's something that, um, 
might meet criteria for like a disorder or something that is in the mm-hmm. DSM-5, then mm-hmm. you're going to be best suited by working with a therapist uh, or a counselor. Those words are used interchangeably. Um, and then coaching, I feel like is really good for situational stuff. Um, so like mm-hmm. very specific scenarios um, or things that might be a little bit lighter, like they still affect you a lot, but um, aren't necessarily like chronic. Um, And so to know like, okay, if you might be needing some support, I mean, honestly, in this day and age, pretty much anyone can use some form of mental health support. (laughs) (laughs) Big facts. Yeah. Um, Like you don't have to be in a crisis mode to need support. you like you could be perfectly happy and just want to further explore like parts of your life or what you think about Mm -hmm. things so um but if you are noticing that um things are like kind of chronic like just really coming up a lot Mm -hmm. or sticking around for a long time if people in your life are pointing things out to you, like your loved mm. ones are noticing that you've changed or things are really affecting you and like your relationships, or if your general life functioning is being inhibited. So like your ability to show up to work well or um, to have fun doing the things you enjoy, um, things like like just being able to function as a human, if those things are impaired, then it's those are some good signals that you could probably benefit from support. Cool. That makes Love a that. ton of sense. And yeah, we'll definitely uh, link link to that quiz. That sounds super helpful. Um, Kelsey, any last final tidbits of wisdom you would like to share about mental health and climbing or being being their own advocates when it comes to seeking mental health? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Okay. This is something that I think could be really helpful. And I'm going to try to do it in like a short version. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So if you want more of this, just come find me. Um, (laughs) Perfect. They will. (laughs) Um, No. So a lot of times the way we, okay, this is especially regarding like anxiety or fear. So Mm. with or life in general, but with climbing, um, a lot of a lot of the ways that as like society and as humans we like to navigate fear is through like cognitive um, strategies. So, like a lot of times we like to try to like talk ourselves out of the fear mm-hmm. or like coach ourselves through th- through things, and that is like that can be helpful. But a lot of times that's like missing a really important step. Um, So when we are in like fight or flight and we are like especially really, really anxious or fearful, actually like the part of our brain that processes language becomes inhibited. And so all of that like positive self-talk and like compassionate self-talk and stuff it's it kind of goes in like one ear and out the other like <laughs> like you you're speaking spanish but like you're you understand japanese like it's yeah, yeah. There's, part of our brain is like inhibited and so it's like well intended but it doesn't work that's why like you can't talk yourself out of a panic attack right right um, oh yeah the- you'll just be like you're in your house you're fine you're like that's your body's like no we're being chased by a lion you're like we're really not and it's not working. like hard yeah <laughs> So the reason is because the part of our brain that's activated at that time, the language that it 
understands isn't like verbal like word language but it's somatic like physical like language Mm -hmm. sensory Mm -hmm. language and so just my like one little thing I wanted to leave people with is if you find yourself getting like um intensely afraid and anxious to where like maybe you're shaking way too much to like do well on a climb or something um and that's really getting in your way is to look up some like somatic or like physiological uh regulating skills um Mm. to learn how to like communicate calmness to your body first and then you can communicate calmness through like verbal stuff if that makes sense amazing if you have a link that you like or something you've made or an instagram post we will (laughs) gladly put that in the show notes i will watch it later (laughs) me too cool oh i love that thanks so much kelsey this is awesome i am having a great time i don't want this to end but me either (laughs) all good things otherwise it's gonna get buck wild in here so (laughs) where where can people find you kelsey Yes. Um, my favorite place you can find me is Instagram. Uh, Bold, my- but I love it. I was like, favorite. <laughs> favorite? <laughs> <laughs> we don't hate Instagram, but there's just like a 1% of people that make Instagram so much shittier for everyone. You're like, please go somewhere please, else. Can we get rid of them? You should have to take like an are you a nice person test and then be allowed to have like an Instagram account. If you fail. Anyways. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, Kelsey, (laughs) what is your Instagram handle? So it's at Kelsey Keidel. We'll leave it with you guys. Um, (laughs) And then, um, yeah, my podcast, it's Evergreen Thinking. Uh, I talk about stuff very similar to this. Like it's very just uh, honest, casual conversations uh, with from me to myself. Uh, (laughs) It is delightful. Go listen to it immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm based in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, if you are looking for a therapist and you're in the state of Indiana, um, then I can work with you in a therapy capacity. I do in person at an office as well as virtual. And I also offer walk and talk outdoor therapy sessions. Amazing. Um, if you are looking for a mental health coach, um, I do that nationwide and it's virtual. So um, I'll leave my websites with you guys. Um, yep. But yeah, reach out to me somewhere, <laughs> find me somewhere, and I'll let you know, like, um, you know, which offering might be best for your needs. Um, and um yeah, like Lauren mentioned, I do, I have a course about boundaries, um, lots of different avenues to work on your mental health. Um, yeah, those are kind of the main places you can find me. I don't have TikTok or anything. Good. <laughs> <laughs> we don't either. I like, I'm a millennial and I'm sticking to it. So yeah, I can't... will die on this hill. Um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Caitlin, what about you? Anything? Let's see. This episode's being aired on August 17th. 17th anything you want to you want to tell the people about 
Well, your last opportunity to get into Muscle Fuel Pro is coming to a big end because um, we start on August 21st. So, Oh, yeah. So if you aren't in yet, you got to go. You got to get, yeah, get to it. Get in there. Um, I don't think I mean, we might already be full. I don't know, because we're recording this a bit ahead, um, but we will put that link in the show notes. What do you got going Sweet. on, Lauren? Me? Um, as of when this is being recorded, I am booked on custom plans for August and September. So if you snoozed, you lose. <laughs> That's not good grammar, but it does rhyme. Um, perfect. But if you're like, man, I still want to train with good spray. That sounds fun. It's all good. Go to my website. Get a self-guided training plan. I got plans for boulders and for sport climbers. And I have another plan that would be an intro version in the works i'm not saying more mm. but if you're like i don't feel ready for quite the level of crush it yet but i would like something one step down i'm working on it it's coming get excited but yeah that's what i got cooking up over here um and if you're i don't know if i'm going to take on new custom plan athletes in october because of my honeymoon but if you're like i really want to start with you in october lauren shoot me an email um or reach out to me via my website and we can talk about it um i'm, try I'm figuring that out so Anywho, that's what's up on my end of things. Um, but yeah, I guess we should, let's go ahead and close it out. Um, Kelsey, are you prepared for our <laughs> group asynchronous but attempted to be synchronous sign-off? No, it's okay. We do it wrong every time on purpose. All right. Until next time, everyone. Keep, keep it, it average. average. <laughs> <laughs> a symphony of average just, just as horrible as possible Caitlin here we hope your brain feels as massaged as ours now I'll close us out with some exciting announcements and our production credits if building strength is your top priority this fall Muscle Fuel Pro is the program for you but don't wait to register because the doors close August 20th. In this four-week group coaching program, you'll transform the way you approach building strength by harnessing the power of nutrition. Imagine feeling motivated, energized, and confident, all while achieving your goals. That's what you'll gain when you join Muscle Fuel Pro. Registration is open, but not for long, and seats are getting snatched up fast. Head to the link in our show notes for more information and to snag one of the last seats. Speaking of prepping for fall, if you're looking for a sustainable, flexible training program to follow, Lauren has you covered. You can grab a training plan for just $59 per month. The Average Climber podcast is hosted by me, Caitlin, and my co-host, Lauren. You can find us on Instagram at The Average Climber Podcast for antics between episodes and updates on when new episodes are coming out. You can also find me on Instagram at Dirtbag Nutritionist and Lauren on her Instagram over at Good Spray Coaching. Editing for this episode was done by Lauren Abernathy. Our theme music for this episode was created by Devin Dabney. The Average Climber Podcast is a part of the Plugtone Audio Collective. Head on over to plugtoneaudio.com to learn more about the other shows on this network. <laughs>